Before we get into this episode, I would like to make a quick disclaimer that all of Society Inspired's interviews and the information we share are 100% for learning experience and to hear the different sides of the various issues we discuss. We never endorse nor support violence and we are committed to promoting peace. I want to create a safe space for learning and comfortable place for people to be able to start to speak. Hope you enjoy. I would like to preface this episode with a warning. As this episode contains discussions of sexual violence, please keep this in mind as you move forward with listening, and please take caution with how you listen. Hello, everyone. Happy 2024, and welcome to the 25th episode of Society Inspired. My name is Gemma. I'm 17 years old and a Palestinian-American teen. I know there hasn't been an episode in the past three months, and I sincerely apologize with everything going around in the world, I just wanted to take that time to learn more myself and take care of my mental health. And I hope that you have been doing the same. I'm so excited to have Vindanshi Vala as our special guest for episode number 25. Would you like to introduce yourself, tell us your story, and also share your preferred pronouns, please? Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, thank you so much for talking about uh, that earlier as well. Um, and I really do commend you for, you know, coming back. Uh, and I'm excited to be your first guest back or second guest back. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And I am the co-founder and executive director of Bolt Safety Society. I go by she, her pronouns. Um, and essentially the organization I like to say is a tech startup meets nonprofit. We have a digital platform, which has a free database of resources. We can definitely talk more about what we do later, but essentially I think that's the core of what we do is try to fight sexual violence through a use of technology um, and programming. Awesome. Okay, so when speaking about the activism field of feminism, we sadly have to discuss quite often the constant fight against sexual violence that has many female victims. What motivated your passion to fight back and speak out about sexual violence? Um, I think that when I was initially getting started, it was when I was in grade 10. Um, and around that time, I wouldn't say that I really knew the severity of the issue, but then I came across the Anu and Naveen Jain Women's Safety X Prize. And that is, I would say, what catalyzed um, my involvement with this field uh, to an extent. Mm -hmm. I was involved with like women in leadership clubs and whatnot in school. And so I did have exposure to some of, you know, women in leadership um, locally and, and was sort of part of conversations around glass ceilings and barriers to women's professional success. Um, and I was learning a lot from that. And then with the competition, I started, you know, reading more into media articles and I found that the more I opened my eyes and ears, the more I learned um, about people in my life uh, who had gone through violence and abuse themselves. And so for me, I think that was one of the biggest motivating factors is wanting to make sure that I could contribute to a world where those people wouldn't have to experience something like that again. Um, and that would extend to anyone else in the future as well. Awesome. Um, I would love to discuss your outstanding and successful nonprofit, Bolt Safety Society. What inspired you to take the initiative to create an organization that fights sexual violence? Which you kind of just talked about, but then it's a whole nother step to fully yeah. create something out of it. Um, definitely, like in the beginning, we were just, you know, a team of students that were entering this competition. Um, and after we got eliminated from the competition, we definitely had the option to 
to just stop and like leave it where where it was and that yeah. would have been fine because we tried something new out um and just because it doesn't work out is it's not the biggest deal but uh definitely like you know going back to what i said earlier about knowing people that had gone through it i just i knew that when i was doing that competition and like when we were talking about this with people there were a lot of people that felt like this could be something new there there's something new that we were we've you know we've come on and yeah. um so i didn't to an extent want to let them down but i think i also didn't want to let myself down because mm-hmm. um i don't want to be like oh yeah we tried something it didn't work it failed and then we just let it be and so i wanted to be able to tell some kind of a success story at the end of it and so you know mm-hmm. kept thinking about ways to to continue forward and we didn't go straight into like the nonprofit world. We actually developed the digital platform first and launched it on the Wix mobile app. And that was done before we were even incorporated. And it was really like at the launch event of the digital platform where people were asking us like, okay, so what do you guys want to be eventually, right? Like you probably have to be some kind of an entity in order to take this forward in a more sustainable way. Um, And through the conversations we had at the launch event with the people that were there, uh, we just decided that it was going to be the best move for us to become a nonprofit, and so then yeah. we learned about all that process and then to the incorporation. It's a it's a long process to become a nonprofit. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. You have to go through a lot. Um, can you talk about some of the resources you provide on your platform online and in person, and how people can access those resources if needed? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a digital platform that I mentioned earlier, and it's available on our website, boltsafety.org. You can also get it on the Wix mobile app. So if you go to our website, there's an option for you to download the app itself, and it will directly take you to becoming a member of the Bolt Safety platform. And then on that, we have um, a database of free resources like crisis lines, shelters. We also have educational articles on topics like flipping the victim blaming narrative, how to be an ally, um, how to develop a safety plan and strategy. We additionally talk about um, going through the police reporting process, navigating the mental health and uh, you know medical care systems, especially in terms of seeking health care after a sexual assault. Um, yeah. That's not exactly something that is taught to you in like sex ed class in high school. And so we are trying to you know bridge that gap to an extent um, by having all of that information on there. And the idea with the platform is to centralize all the existing resources in because we know that so many organizations and crisis lines and shelters already exist. And so what this is, is just like having a centralizing database for pretty much everything related to the topic. So that's the online stuff. And then we um, sort of, I guess, in between online and offline, we have a safe hubs network. And currently the network spans across 40 uh, different safe spaces in 16 communities in Canada. And each safe hub is uh, like a business or an organization that we've partnered with to bring them onto this network of safe spaces. We equip them with a resource package so that their staff is able to respond in, you know, a a survivor-centric, non-judgmental manner. Mm -hmm. And essentially, if someone walks into a safe hub and they're like, hey, I'm not feeling safe um, or I've been assaulted, what do I do next? And so essentially, the idea is that the people at the safe hub would be able to refer them along to professional support resources and let the survivor know about their choices and options available. So the safe hub's map, uh, which we've created, is also available on our website and on the platform. So that's why I said it was sort of that in between. 
Um, and then otherwise, like for other offline stuff, we have a workshop program. And so, you know, if you're a business owner watching this and if you want us to come in and deliver a capacity building training for your team, we do that as well. Oh, wow. Okay. So a lot, a <laughs> lot of resources and um, kind of a question kind of sparked while you were talking about that. Um, I guess two. My first one is talking about the medical assistance after something like that happens. And one, it's very hard to ask for help or talk about it in general. It's a very, it can be something that makes you feel embarrassed or just obviously very shaken up. But what is the medical process like? Because it can be deemed as not serious. How, how do you get medical help? after is basically what I'm asking. Yeah, um, so that's a really good question. And part of the reason why we are trying to address that through um, our current project, what we're doing is we, um, we've been funded by the Social Impact Grant for Youth with Latin Coover Society in like Metro Vancouver. Um, and essentially what we're doing is going to visit different organizations in Ontario, as well as in the Metro Vancouver area, and we're interviewing them to learn more about the ways in which they support survivors. A part yeah. of that is some organizations provide, um, you know, information on uh, how to get this forensic examination um, performed. And a yeah. lot of these organizations also provide accompaniment. So from a survivor's perspective, probably the first thing they're going to do is um, go call a crisis line or call 911. And depending on who they call, let's say they called a crisis line um, and they tell them that you can do this, they may go directly to an organization. Um, for instance, we also worked with uh, Pearl Space and Squamish. So I'll give their example. Uh, if a survivor walks into Pearl Space and they talk with a frontline worker, um, and we do have a video documenting this process on our platform. But yeah, like when they talk with a, the crisis worker, they figure out what's going on. They may then um, ask them, ask the survivor, like, do you want to have this medical, um, you know, checkup done? And yes. if yes, then their team can probably provide accompaniment to the hospital. Um, the thing is, though, not all hospitals in BC or Canada and or really just anywhere, not all hospitals actually have medical professionals that are trained in doing a forensic examination. Yeah. So with the Squamish example that I gave you, what sometimes what it means is if their team locally in the hospital or the clinic there can't do the examination, the survivor needs to be brought down in an ambulance um, or if it's further up north in a helicopter to like the Metro Vancouver area. Um, so think about it as they have to remain in the same clothes because um, it's to preserve evidence as well. They come down to the hospital when they're at the hospital finally, right? So either they've gone through an organization or they've walked into the hospital's emergency department directly. Um, then the, uh, the there's like nurses that are trained or there are doctors um, as well. And so uh, the examination at a high level is the collection of evidence. And so this could entail their clothes are taken as evidence if there's um, like blood or other things on the clothes. Um, there would be like swabs taken for like DNA samples. Um, so yeah, those are sort of the things that mm -hmm. would happen. Um, one thing to emphasize though, is that it's in the survivor's hands, like how much of the process they want to be doing. And they could be like, yeah, I'm fine with this step. But, like, I don't want this step to happen. It's really just fully up and in, uh, into like in their hands. Yeah. The other misconception I think around the medical examination is that if you have this proceed, like, you know, this, this done, then you are obligated to file a police report afterwards. 
Hmm. That's not true. It's um, once the kid is collected, the evidence is, you know, safely stored and then it's on the survivor um, to decide if they want to do a police report or not, but they can decide that at a later date as well. So okay. I hope that gives you sort of the picture of crisis line to maybe a organization to hospital to police. Got it. And um, another question that arose from that, because I know you are located in Canada and I know your shelters are also in Canada and you have the online option as well. But are you planning on expanding to, you know, other other countries, other countries is really the only thing I can say. <laughs> Continents. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely um, happening slowly, I would say. It's, it's a focus awesome. for us as well to expand our impact um, yeah. to communities globally. We were just in Kenya. We led a humanitarian mission wow. um, in August. Uh, we were there for a good chunk of time. And what we're doing is exploring ways to bring our work on ground. But that does require us to do our research and do our due diligence to make yes. sure um, you know, we're bringing something that's unique and identifying all the existing stakeholders. Um, so we're definitely connecting with a lot of nonprofits that are on ground already and seeing the ways in which they support survivors of violence. Um, we're going to be in India uh, in like early this year, actually. And so, you know, exploring ways to bring our work there as well. And so, yeah, so all of this work that we're doing in uh, different countries is being documented as part of a global documentary and research project, which we're excited to share with our audience when the time comes. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, I'll definitely be watching that and sharing that on my platforms when that comes out. Um, Thank you. In advance. <laughs> <laughs> I I know it's a lot of work still to be done, but, um, you know, just a little sneak peek for the future. The amount of women that experience sexual assault each year is alarming. It is something that is very difficult to talk about in conversations with anyone, even though it is something that needs to be talked about more. Um, do you have suggestions for ways to start conversations about sexual violence that can be less triggering, um, but still spread the message and awareness? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, like when you're talking about any potential topic that could be triggering, this could be related to mental health, it could be related to war and violence, it could be related to sexual violence or domestic abuse. Um, especially if you're posting like online, you want to start with a content warning. And what that does is that for anyone that's not ready to you know, like deal with that topic at that time, they can just skip past that content. Um, and so it's like as simple as content warning, sexual violence. Um, and I'm, you know, it's like something similar that you would put at the beginning of this episode as an example. Yep. Um, and then we would, if it was in person, I would recommend that you ask the person first if they want to talk about this topic or like if they want to learn more about it because you also want to keep in mind that just because you're in person doesn't mean that someone's ready to talk about it right, right now sure. um so yeah, definitely think about that the other thing that i've learned also is you never know by looking at someone if they've experienced violence right and so they could be a survivor and so never want to be talking to them assuming that they're not and that they just need to learn more about the topic yeah um and survivors like present in very different ways like some people will be very forthcoming about their experience some people don't want to talk about it at all and so there's a whole spectrum right and so um just be really careful and 
in talking about this. And I find this when we're delivering our workshops, I try to be very careful um, when we're presenting resources at the end of it, rather than being like, if you've experienced violence, here are things you can do. We tend to go more like, uh, if anyone has experienced violence and that way it's that person, if they have experienced violence, doesn't feel like we're like pointing them out, if that makes sense. Um, yes. So think about it in that sense, for sure. Uh, yeah. I would say also approach it from a learner's mindset. Um, you know, just recognize that there's always room to learn and grow. And uh, even within the field, people are constantly learning and evolving um, the way in which they talk about this topic. Like mm -hmm. I was in Kenya and they prefer to say gender-based violence as opposed to sexual violence, just because it's more culturally like acceptable over there. Um, and I, I did ask that question to local um, experts being like, why do you guys use this terminology as opposed to this other one? Mm -hmm. um, and that's sort of the explanation they gave to me. So keep in mind like local context as well. Um, yeah. yeah, and other than that, I think from a personal level, so, you know, we've talked about social media, we've talked about with other people from a personal level, if you wanna learn more about this topic, I do encourage you to, there's a lot of reading resources that are available out there um, and just start learning um, on your own time as well and that's going to help you be better informed when it comes to raising awareness um to other people for sure 100 percent um just being considerate thinking before you speak thinking through what you're gonna say something yeah. we need to learn in our society <laughs> in general oh i do want to mention also is i think a lot of people are afraid to talk about the topic because they think they're going to say something wrong yes. um we need to be, I think, um, not afraid of failure and be okay with failing. And a lot of times it's like, yeah, so what if you said the wrong thing? If your heart was in the right place, right? You mm -hmm. can learn from that. You can apologize. You can um, fix your mistake next time around. But if you don't take that first step of even trying, you're never going to get anywhere. And so uh, don't be afraid to make mistakes is, I think, the biggest thing. I completely agree. And that's why I actually started Society Inspired. Yeah. Because um, what it starts with a call. I had to look at what my <laughs> motto is. <laughs> like, and, that's what we're called, right? Just making yeah. sure. <laughs> no, my motto, it starts with a conversation. I forgot. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, like, I know I know what it's like to want to talk about something. And, and mm -hmm. we're all experiencing it right now. We want to talk about something. And then it's you, you're scared to, you know, say the wrong thing when, you know, you're like, okay, like, maybe I just don't say anything, but just have those conversations. You don't exactly need to like post on social media, but have those yeah. conversations and, and learn and don't be scared of that. Like I created Society Inspired to create a safe space to have those conversations because mm -hmm. I get how it can be intimidating to, to um want to speak out about something but like have a fear that like you're going to say something wrong because it is very particular on how you speak about things but what, what language you use but the only way you're going to get there and learn is by asking and, and talking and having the conversations mm -hmm. and if you say something wrong you should be able to be like okay well I didn't mean it that way I'm just trying to learn I'm still learning like just be considerate really guys I'm, no, exactly. And I think you yeah. hit the nail on its head. Um, if I can give a little bit of a, a cheat sheet, I guess, for someone that's watching this that wants to talk about the topic, uh, some things, you know, like mistakes that I've made in the past that I've learned um, not to make now is um, 
opt to use the word, you know, especially when you're using, like talking about this topic, choose to use the word. So content warning we talked about, choose to use the word survivors as opposed to victims. Um, if mm. you're talking to someone one-on-one -on -one and they choose to use the word victims, um, you can mirror their language because you aren't supposed to dictate like how they, you know, um, express their experience. But those are two things. And then the other thing is um, being non-judgmental, not being victim blaming. Sure. What I've noticed some people do is uh, if someone comes to them with a disclosure of violence, they might be like, oh, like, what were you doing? Or like, oh, like, that sucks. Like, I don't know what to say to say to you about that. Just recognize that, okay, I'm so sorry that you went through that. And that was unfair of that person to do that to you. It's not your fault. I think stating that is really important. Mm -hmm. um, and then finally, at the end of it, uh, letting the survivor know that, what would you need from me? And letting them tell you what they want, as opposed to assuming that, oh, you should file a police report, or you should go to the hospital. Like, yeah. You don't want to like dictate or like try to shove it down their throat what they should be doing. For sure. Um, yeah. So I think those are some things that uh, might help someone start this kind of a conversation. Um, and ultimately, if you don't know what to do, that's fine. I think you can always offer to you know, look up crisis lines and resources to share with that person. So I hope that helps. <laughs> yes. Yes, very much. How can we support Bolt Safety Society so you can continue not to only online, but also provide safe hubs and resources for people in person? Um, one of the ways, I'll, I'll give three different ways. So one of the ways is to go through the resources that we have on our website. And especially if you are an ally wanting to learn more about the topic, um, please do read through our articles uh, going through our website or our, our platform. Um, it does you know, mean a lot to us when the work we're putting into creating this content does reach more people. You yeah. can find us on our social media. Um, that's, I think, a very easy way to support us, like give us a follow at Bolt Safety everywhere. It helps our work reach more people. Um, and so it's, it is important to have engagement with content there. Um, and then the final thing I'll say is, you know, I know the economy is really tough right now, but if you have it within you, um, and if you have the means, then please do feel welcome to make a donation. Um, doing all these projects, both in Canada and internationally is quite expensive and as a youth-led organization with limited resources, we appreciate every single donation. Even if it's literally like $5, like that definitely goes a long way for us. So yeah, those are some three ways you can help us. Um, you already talked about the documentary a bit, but what projects are coming up for you and Bolt Safety Society that you want to share and have the listeners look out for? If the documentary is the only one, then we spoke about it, but you know. Yeah, more. I mean, I would say um, our current project on the hub um, where we're, you know, interviewing local organizations about the ways in which they support survivors, that's a pretty, um, I would say, new development to our platform that we've never done this kind of content before awesome. uh, our, our recent project, basically. And so I'm hoping that it's something that people find more valuable because Let's say that, you know, we've, we've interviewed, for instance, you know, a psychiatric hospital in Kenya, and then we've sat down with um, you know, sexual violence support services over here in Canada, and we will do more in India as well. And for people who have never accessed those services and are looking to, you know, reach out for help, hopefully this gives a visual on what to expect from the moment that they walk in through the door, what kind of help and services they can expect. Um, so, yeah, I hope uh, that's, I would say that's like the new resource that we're working on. Awesome. And are there any resources you would like my followers and I to read 
watch, listen to, other than yours. I know people are going to be going and checking. Whoa. I know people are going to go check out your amazing nonprofit after this. Oh, thank you. Um, well, I would say there's a lot of organizations that put out, um, you know, good articles on the topic. And the reason I will divert you once again to our website is because we often link at the bottom of our articles um, links for further reading. And so um, sometimes there's news articles that are diving deep into the topic or other organizations that have done a good well, uh, a good job of um, explaining the topic. And so definitely if you go through our articles and scroll to the bottom, there's often other places that you can definitely visit. Awesome. Um, and if you have any more that you think about, you can email me and those will be linked underneath the episode and the, this happens every episode, description, description, that's what yes. it's called. Um, and then lastly, where can my followers find you personally on social media so they can keep up with you and what's next for you? Yeah, it's uh, at Vedanshibala everywhere, um, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, we do everything. So yeah, find me. Um, and I'd love to, if you watch this episode, let me know uh, what you thought of it. And any ways that, you know, if you have ideas on what Bolt can do in the future, then I'm all ears as well. Awesome. Well, we made it. Um, on the other end, you, <laughs> if you're listening to this, you will not know, but we experienced yes. many internet issues during this, but we did it. Um, we did. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to do this interview. Really and being my first guest back on the podcast. I'm very happy to be back and be releasing episodes again. Um, make sure you follow Vedanshi on all social media platforms and support Bolt Safety Society. Make a donation if you can. And make sure to follow our other social media platforms as well so you don't miss out on more interviews and important information. I hope you enjoyed the 25th episode of Society Inspired, and we will see you guys next time. Also, make sure you subscribe to Society Inspired. Thank you. Like, yeah, you gotta gotta plug yourself too. I, yeah. I do a little bit, but it's about you. Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, thanks for having me as well.